Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for joining me today. You know, I always come at it from the aspect of in your head, but I've got a great guest today, and she comes at it from the way of the heart. Tina Thrussell is the co-founder of The Best You Can Be and messenger of the Shondo, The Way of the Heart. She's well-known for her beautiful energy, her joyful spirit, and loving heart. Her medicine name, Woman Who Dances with Light, is a well-loved teacher and intuitive spiritual healer who's been bringing light into people's lives for more than two decades. She offers engaging interactive experiences, workshops, retreats, NIA classes, gala movement journeys, and Shendo Heartway healing sessions. She is a certified sound wellness practitioner and more. As a divinely guided transceiver, which means she's a receiver and transmitter of energy, information, and resources, she helps people enhance their health and the quality of life. Tina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show with you. It's an honor. Well, you know, it's so interesting for me because, you know, I own a business, the Brain Performance Center, and there's a huge connection between the brain and the heart. But I'm always, you know, I start with the brain. And, and when I see best you can be, you know, I the first thing that, that comes into my mind is, well, you got to know what you want. And I share a birthday with Benjamin Franklin, so I'm always He's always, as a kid, you know, it was nice to have someone famous to share a birthday with. Of course, Benjamin <laughs> Franklin probably didn't rate in these times, but back then, he had a great quote. There are three things extremely hard, still, a diamond, and to know oneself. So when you talk about best you can be, what does it start with for you? Best you can be is about being in a place of acceptance, just Accepting who you are in your true nature and being willing to bring that forward because that's the best of who you are. So it's a combination of, of head and heart. It's a combination of, of conscious awareness with your brain of what your beautiful qualities are. And I believe it's also an awareness of that I call it divine love light energy that resides in your heart and that is the driving force of the true nature of who we all are. So what I hear you say is that your vision, how you see, how you feel, how you hear, how you experience, how you fulfill, get fulfillment in your life? Absolutely, yes. So being... Being in a space of awareness of what you love to do, what makes your heart sing, do you love connecting with people, do you love connecting with animals, nature, and, and being that. You know, in the Shindao, we have 12 tenets for living a beautiful life. They're basically 12 principles to live by, and they are wonderful guiding principles to be the best that you can be. 
the the tenets are things like connect with the earth, let go of your busyness, celebrate the present, seek meaning to your life, as you mentioned, the fulfillment, um, to embrace life and embrace the sacred, which to me is one and the same. All life is sacred. And I believe that if we could all look at life that way, we would have more peace in our world. And all of these things do lead to peace, that inner peace, which is what mindfulness is all about, which I know we're going to venture into that topic. Right. You know, it's interesting because I work with a lot of people with anxiety and depression, and I always encourage them, use your imagination because it's something that, that the fear kind of stops us from doing. How do you, do you utilize imagination in the practices? Using our imagination is one of those things that allows us to visualize, to envision the future as we'd like it to be, or uh, if, if we're, as you say, experiencing some anxiety, to take a moment and use our imagination and, and see ourselves in a place and space that brings us a sense of peace, being able to draw up a memory or conjure up a new image of some place we'd like to be. So imagination very much plays a role in, in, in being the best you can be in terms of imagining potentiality, imagining things being even better than they they are now or the potential for them to be better than they are now. We know you mentioned peace, and I think that's what we're all searching for. It, it, and it's it can be so difficult because we have to find peace. We have to learn to forgive ourselves. We have to be able to laugh at the mistakes that we make along the way. And sometimes that's very difficult. Well, I suppose. I don't know. I've always found it really easy to laugh at myself. I'm, I was blessed, I think, um, by a mother who, and, a gra- and her mother, my grandmother, who felt like you just can't take yourself too seriously. Um, because that, <laughs> yeah, being able to laugh at yourself and, and as you say, to forgive. And forgiveness, forgiveness, you know, is nothing more than letting go. I think so many people miss that point. Forgiveness isn't saying, oh, it's okay, I'm okay with what you did. That's certainly not the case if, if we're thinking about forgiving someone else or I'm okay with what I did and it's not about forgiving ourselves. It's about just letting go what happened happened and I can choose to carry it around forever or I can just let it go and let love replace that space of resentment and anger and hurt. And that is coming back to that Shindao, the way of the heart, being in that space of love. And it, yeah, it's not always easy. And I believe it's a conscious choice. I believe you're right. I mean, choices, we make choices every day. We can choose to be happy. We can choose to be sad. We can choose to to practice 
what we really want to achieve or we can we can choose to raise our energy to love ourselves be grateful for what we have in life right now pay attention to our blessings and i'm going to add a caveat to what you're saying and that sometimes we don't get to choose how we feel sometimes we just feel sad or we feel anger or whatever we feel we can choose to honor that feeling and feel it be with it, let it be there, let it, <laughs> like if I'm going to be sad, then be sad, be sad all the way. And a lot of people are afraid to go into that sadness because they're afraid they won't come out again. But the truth is, <clears throat> excuse me, that if we honor, acknowledge and honor a feeling that we're having and allow ourselves to feel it all the way through, it usually will pass more quickly. And then, and then after we've had that acknowledgement and feeling the feeling, then we can choose, am I going to stay here or am I going to choose to do something to create that shift, as you said? So do I, I choose to, okay, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm cried out now, I'll go for a walk or I'll phone somebody or I'll um, sing a little because that singing absolutely will raise our spirits. You you mentioned in my bio that I'm a sound wellness practitioner. And one of the things we come to understand is how much sound can impact our bodies, our brains, our hearts, and that surrounding ourselves with sound that is uplifting, that is energizing, can be, uh, can counteract a lot of the negativity that's around us. Excuse me, I don't know where this frog is coming from. Hold on. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you say sound, I immediately think of music, but I'm sure there are other sounds as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, The sound of birds. Oh, bird song is so calming and soothing. It's really almost impossible not to come to some sense of peace when you just stop and really pay attention to the robin that's chirping at the top of that tree or the sparrows that are chirping away in the bushes. There is something about birdsong that makes our brain alert. This is something interesting for your your brain study information. Um, because our brains constantly look for patterns and there are no patterns in birdsong, our brain remains alert listening to birds because it's looking for the patterns. And there's something about that sound that speaks to our soul. It's a sound of nature, and it, it's, it can uplift us if we're truly present with it. Well, you're right. There's so, nothing more beautiful than walking out in the morning and hearing the birds sing. And it does. It just puts a smile on my face. And feel the the ground, walk out barefooted, and I feel the ground. And and it's it's very grounding. It really is. What other sounds, when you talk about the sound wellness practitioner, what other sounds do you use? Well, I talked about sing, sing a little, because our voice is probably the most powerful sound tool on the planet. To um, just use your voice slide it around. You can sing songs that are specific music that you've learned, but it, you, it's also possible to just, just let whatever comes out, comes out. And this is something that I often do in a Shindao session. I'll be present with someone 
and suddenly I just have this urge of like, okay, may I sing for you? And something will come forward like, letting what's there come forward. I always feel more peaceful after I do that for myself or for another human being. So our our voices are powerful. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they carry our thoughts, our expressiveness, and so much more. Well, you know, and in my practice, I encourage people to use affirmations and to say those affirmations out loud, because I think when you hear when you hear yourself say it, it has a different impact than when you just say it in your, you know, you repeat it in your head. So I think hearing it and hearing the tone in your voice makes a huge difference. Absolutely. It's true. Um very often people are encouraged to, if they're saying affirmations, record them, play them back for themselves, that sort of thing, so that you hear your own voice more frequently. Um, if you're going to play with your voice and sing a song, just hit the record on your phone or tablet or iPad or whatever so that you can capture that and play it back for yourself at another time. Absolutely. Some, I was yeah. just going to mention there's a great app that you can get on your phone. It's called Think Up, and it will even give you, because a lot of times I found this app because I used to write affirmations for people, and then I realized they need to write their affirmations. They need to resonate with their affirmations. And in the app, Think Up, it will give you many different affirmations to choose from. And then you pick the music that you want to play in the background, and you record it in your own voice, and you can play it over and over and over. And I just think that it's, you know, however you want to do it, hit the record button. So, you know, the younger people, they love apps. They absolutely love apps. Um, mm-hmm. And what whatever you will use, use it. Beautiful. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful thing. So, so there are other is... healing sounds. Oh, I was going to say, there's so many more healing sounds. There's the sound of singing bowls and tuning forks and, oh, yeah, it's in a long list, wind chimes. Oh, I love wind be... chimes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think we necessarily think, I love wind chimes, but I don't think of them as something that just could be healing, and they certainly could be. Absolutely, yes. So what do you recommend? Do you recommend that people spend a certain amount of time each day, or what do you recommend? Well, that would be ideal, because then it becomes preventative, right? Paying attention to that sound, utilizing that sound to stay in a calm, grounded place. 
Um, because often if we let ourselves get to the point of feeling anxious and worried and all of those low vibrational feelings, when we get to that point, we forget to use our tools. But if we if we use tools proactively, if we think to do things before we get to that state, we don't have to rescue ourselves with the sound, which we can do, but it seems so much more sensible <laughs> to start the day with just listening to a little bird song or, or singing or if you are blessed to own a singing bowl or wind chimes, to just listen to them for a little bit. And and the, the trick is as much, it's like it's not like put it on the background, while, although that can be useful too, um, listening to classical music in the background while you're doing something can help keep you in a calm state or depending on the type of music. Oh, goodness, I have so much knowledge. I just realized that there's so much I want to share here. Um, <laughs> You uh, play music that has a very fast beat, then it's upbeat and it keeps our brain a little more alert. If uh, you really soothed and calm, then you want to play music with a very slow, relaxing beat. And we can use that to augment our concentration, to keep us relaxed. But the kind of sound that I was initially starting to talk about was to just be conscious with that sound. So not it's not just put it on the background and let it play, but be present with it for a little bit, that bird song or your voice or the tuning forks or singing bowl or whatever it is. Um, and yet at the same time, like I said, there's this wonderful thing where you can play classical music in the background while you're working. Um, I often will recommend this for teachers to play some classical music in the background in the classroom to keep the students calmer and more focused. It does have a calming impact. There is no doubt about it. And, you know, I've seen it have an amazing impact on pets. Um, and I have clients that have had, that they do use it with their, with their pets. And what's good for you is good for your animals. No doubt about that. Absolutely. I heard about a farmer somewhere who is a dairy farm, and he pumps classical music into the milking barn, and his cows milk easier and faster and have a higher production um, since he's been doing that. So, yes, what's good for us is good for our animals, too. So, you know, it's amazing that when you just stop, that sounds so simple. It sounds so very simple. And I know you're a big believer in meditation, and that's very simple, too. Talk to me about how you use meditation. Oh, my goodness. There are, there are so many ways to meditate. And, you know, when I first was exposed to meditation, it was such a difficult and challenging thing that I really resisted and fought it, actually, for well over a year. Because typically meditation is taught by male teachers who encourage you to sit very still and become quiet. Let your mind become quiet. And for those who understand the typical differences between the male brain and the female brain, we know that for a woman that's like an impossibility. We can't call quiet our minds. (laughs) Our minds are designed to be thinking and constantly alert because if you go way back to hunter-gatherer days when we were cavemen, 
the women had to be out gathering, so they had to be alert. They had to be constantly looking for danger. They had to look for, ooh, are those safe berries or those poisonous berries, keeping an eye on the children so they're not getting into trouble while we're gathering the foods. While the hunter could go and sit with his bow and arrow and just sit quietly and wait for a deer to come by. You know, there's just such a basic difference that I think has been instilled in our DNA through <laughs> through centuries and centuries. So I found meditation just so difficult just to sit still and be quiet. So I started to break into meditation gently and easily, and it started with coloring. Put on some music and grab some crayons and get on the floor and just color. Don't worry about staying in the lines or whether this should be that color and that should be that color. Just pick up crayons and let the colors flow. And it's amazing. Like a half an hour can disappear really quickly. And we've achieved the same result sitting and quieting our minds and being stillness and that we've come to that place of stillness and quiet and calm and groundedness. And then I from... Feel, oh, go ahead. That's a, I was just going to say, you make a really good point. As simple as it sounds, it's, it's such a peaceful... I can just close my eyes and think about how nice that would feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so from there, I began to explore other ways to reach that meditative, peaceful state. And there's um, Thich Nhat Hanh, the very famous monk who brought walking meditation to the Western world. You know, he said, when we do walking meditation, the point is not to go anywhere. We're not walking to or from anything. The point is to simply walk and be present with the walking, to feel your feet on the earth, to feel your breathing synchronized with your feet, stepping slowly, ultra-slowly on the earth, just being very present and aware. There is the meditative process of really paying attention to your senses, to close your eyes and eliminate that highly stimulated sense. Oh my goodness, in our world, we're constantly visually bombarded. Um, Take a drive. There's traffic lights and traffic and people and cars and billboards and signs and on and on it goes. There's just all this constant bombardment. So if we can close our eyes and just sit and listen, what do you hear? What do you feel? I invite listeners to do this now. Close your eyes. And what do you hear in the environment around you? What do you feel? Where are your hands? What's under your hands? Are your hands in your lap and you feel the fabric of the clothes you're wearing? Or what do you feel in the temperature of the air? Are there any smells to notice? Wow. Really, yeah. It, it, it's like there's this quiet peace that happens.
happens when you're doing that, right? There is. And it just, you know, the strongest powers we have are our observation powers. And we so rarely use them. We're in such a hurry. And just stopping and tuning in to what's going on around me. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great way to get centered. Absolutely. So the more I explored meditation, the more I began to realize that meditation can be a way of living, not just a state. Okay, now I'm going to sit down and meditate. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Oh, by far. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all because just making a point of sitting and being quiet for even five minutes in your day, starting your day, ending your day that way can bring that peace and calm. I'm very much a proponent of sit and be quiet. And to work your way into that, you might want to try some of these other ways of becoming mindfully present, which is really what meditation does. It brings us to mindful presence to this moment. Bring present. You know, this is a true statistic. I got off of Harvard Health. 80% of us are either lost in the past or we're worried about the future. We have a very difficult time just staying in the moment. And, you know, you've given some great examples of how easy meditation can be. And there's so many things, you know, so many people. There's a great TV show called Headspace in the States. And it it used to be an app for a phone. I think it still is. But for young children, if you could start them at a a young age, just being able to stop and close your eyes and to listen to what's going on around them, I think you're setting that child up for success. I truly, truly do. We have a couple minutes left before we go to a break. Let's talk about what, you know, Any other suggestions that you have for meditation? So we haven't talked about like the the core, the core of all meditation is paying attention to the breath. We breathe every moment of every day, but boy, if there's anything we take for granted, it's breathing. We just breathe. We never think about it. And yet, if we were to pay attention and think about it, oh, well, there is a difference. So... So you, that's, that's a great point. It's, and it's so hard. You know, I try to get people to do breath work in my office and I'll, they'll do it with if I'm sitting there with them. But if I give them the assignment to go home, put your, put your hand on your belly. Do you feel the breath getting down to your belly? You know, they, they just don't want to do it. It's, and, and I don't know why because, I mean, I've had kids and what did they tell you? Just breathe through it. And it worked. So, you know, this is a great, we're going to take a break. And you've given us such great examples and and things that are so easy. We can do them anywhere, anytime. When we come back from break, we'll learn more about the way of the heart. We'll be back after these messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? 
Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. that Twitter is over 10 years old? Twitter was first launched in March of 2006 with the hashtag feature appearing about a year and a half later. Twitter employs more than 2,700 people around the world. Today, there are over 241 million active users on Twitter with an average of 500 million tweets per day. Now that's a lot of traffic. A lot of new words have been coined from the Twitter app. Uh, Tweetheart is your Twitter boyfriend or girlfriend, and Twitterphoria is the feeling you get when they tweet you back. If you don't want to feel like a twittiot when you tweet, there's a whole list of proper twetiquette available. At first, even I was a bit of a Twitterphobe, but if you want to follow me at Too Funny Carolyn, that would be twittastic. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. We're back. And before break, we were talking about how important meditation is and how easy it is. But we had just started talking about the key to meditation is focus on your breath. Tell us more, Tina. Well, as you were indicating, it's just so easy if if we can just Breathe into our belly. Be aware of breathing into our belly. There is no better way to become present and grounded. And if if people are shying away from meditation because they don't have 30 minutes to sit down and meditate, they have two minutes that they can pay attention to their breathing. And it is amazing how much more present you can become in doing that. And the benefits are so huge. If there's resistance to meditating, think about what the benefits are. That can be an encouragement to want to engage. You can reduce your stress, experience more relaxation, bring health to your body and mind, find that peace inside, um, to be more focused, to have greater concentration. All of these amazing benefits can come from the very basic foundation of meditation, which is paying attention to the breath. And there are many ways to even do that. So feel the breath coming in your nose and feel the breath coming out your nose. You notice the air actually passing over your upper lip as you breathe out. Just be present with it. And I invite people to do these 
things that I'm talking about. Just try it right now. Just sit quietly and notice the breath that comes in your nose and goes out of your nose. You breathe in. You breathe out. You breathe in. Breathe out. And again, there are so many different philosophies. There are some, just pay attention to it. Don't change it. Don't try to do anything about it. Just notice it. Well, you know, and it, and it really has some healing power because people with anxiety, when when they get really nervous, they start taking these really short, choppy breaths, and then their heart starts beating really, really fast. And if you can slow your breath rate down, you can slow your heart rate down. You can create heart rate variability, and that's a sign of wellness. And that's it. so there's so many benefits both on a personal level, but on a just on your overall health level too. Absolutely, and and you brought up the point that I was going to make. So so there is this. It's beautiful the way we're just in sync with this. Um, that you can just pay attention to the breath, or you can consciously slow that breath down, take longer to breathe in and longer to breathe out. And there are all sorts of physiological health benefits for doing that. And there are different types of breathing patterns. So, for example, to help you sleep, you can breathe in slowly to the count of four, then hold your breath for seven counts, and then take eight counts to breathe out, twice as long as it took to breathe in. That carbon dioxide focusing helps to quiet you down and make you a little more sleepy. There are so many variations of breathing patterns that you can do. So, yeah, truly, breath is the foundation of meditation and cognitive awareness. And there are so many things you can do, and they're all so simple. And it doesn't mean that you have to carve out 30 minutes in your day, although if you can, that's beautiful and brilliant. But if you can't, even when you're driving, just do some conscious breathing at the traffic light. Really pay attention to your breathing while you're sitting there waiting for the light to turn green. You can incorporate this into your everyday life in so many ways. You talk about gala movement journeys in your bio. And honestly, I don't know what that is. I do know that the brain needs movement. Tell me, tell me more about that. So it, it's actually pronounced Gallia, and you don't know about it because it's something that sort of just showed up in my practice. I am a Nia teacher. Nia is spelled N-I-A, and it's a blend of dance arts, martial arts, and healing arts. So choreographed whole body movement to uplifting music done in bare feet so that you feel your body awareness connection. There's so many great benefits at any rate. In that process, I toyed with closing my eyes when I danced as opposed to following my hands with my eyes, which is what we encourage in Nia. And then I started playing with different kinds of music. And then I 
played with inviting some dancers I know to come and experience what I call the Galia journey. So it's a closed-eye movement experience. I'll offer some verbal visualization. Here's another opportunity to use imagination, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, So I might say, okay, imagine you're in a field and you're dancing with the butterflies and everyone's eyes are closed, so there's no self-consciousness. It's just an opportunity to move and be free. And when we allow our bodies to move how they want to move, rather than constant structured choreographed dance, which is very good for the brain, it's great for the hippocampus, it develops that area of the brain that is connected to our our memory and our emotions and all of those things. So learning dance steps is so, so valuable for our brain health and for our soul and body health to be able to allow the body to move as it is inspired to move to music is really freeing and healing. So the Galia journey is something that evolved from my dance teaching experience, and I'll dare say my spiritual connection, because I've always feel guided in selecting the music and guided in making suggestions for people in how they might approach movement. And you get that guidedness from your spiritual connection, correct? Absolutely. Well, and I guess, you know, as a divinely guided transceiver, receiver and transmitter of energy, information and resources, I read that in your bio, that really flows from your spirituality. Absolutely. And and that being able to be mindfully present is so much connected to that spirituality. Um, some people get a little antsy about that term, spirituality. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about going to a specific church. I'm talking about that general belief. And Einstein said this, you must choose to believe. Is the universe a friendly place or not? If you choose to believe that the universe is a friendly place, then you know that there is some greater power that created everything, and it's a power of good. And I consider it a power of divine love, and that flows through us, and it's accessible to us, it's around us every minute of every day. And when we can be present, we can feel that, we can hear the intuitive guidance, that little tiny quiet voice. Some people would say your gut feeling. We've all had gut feelings. Ooh, I shouldn't go down that alley. Or, oh, maybe I should just stop in at the store and see if anything's on sale and but ah the thing you've been looking for is there on sale yeah see and, and that's things. your subconscious that's your yeah. subconscious talking to you and and this is a true fact every second your brain is capable of taking in 11 million bits of data research says that on a conscious level you can hold anywhere from 40 to 126 We don't even have to do the math. It all goes to your subconscious level. So, you know, I raised my kids saying, listen to your gut, because that's your subconscious. Yeah, and and there is also the 
listen to your heart. Because through the studies of the HeartMath Institute, they're beginning to understand that the, the heart has an even stronger electromagnetic field than our brain, that, that our heart can, quote-unquote, think for us as well. And that, I believe, augments our spiritual connection. This is part of living the way of the heart, is being a little more open to listening to the heart and feeling that and the guidance of that. And being in that space, as I mentioned, one of the Shindell tenets of treating all life as sacred and being open, being open. Well, thank you for mentioning HeartMath because I was on their website. I used their M-Wave program in my clinic trying to help people learn how to breathe. And they actually had uh, on their website that they're offering some free services to help people get through these critical times. So I encourage anybody out there that struggles with their breath work to go to HeartMath.com because it's... You're right. HeartMath is a great resource. Thank you for mentioning that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. Well, you oh. know, just to go, kind of go back and build on what you were saying earlier with the Einstein quote, I love Albert, and this is another one of his. There are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is though Everything is a miracle. Don't you love that? I do love that. And I think the latter choice leans into the spiritual realm. To believe that everything is a miracle brings a magic and joy to life. And I believe that spirituality brings more joy to our lives. Pay attention to small children. They haven't got a lot of stuff in their subconscious mind yet. They haven't been fed a lot of stories. So they are at their truest nature. And what do children do most? They play. They play and they laugh, you know, as long as they're living in a healthy environment. And that playfulness helps take us closer to our true nature, to our spirituality, to, to the joy that is in life, to the magic that is in life. And as Einstein said, if you look at everything as a miracle, there is just this awe and wonder, like a child. I say it's so important to be childlike, not childish, but childlike, to approach life with this curiosity and openness and awe and wonder. brings magic and joy to life. It does, you know, and my mom used to always say, what goes around comes around. And I would look at her, and so if you put out kindness and goodness and enthusiasm, you're going to attract kindness and goodness and enthusiasm. And I really do believe that, that what the energy that we share and that we put out there is the energy that comes back to us. Yes, yes, I hope wholeheartedly agree. You know, anybody who's been stuck in anxiety and depression knows that's what we're focused on and that's just how we continue to keep feeling. Until we break that cycle, there really isn't anything 
to get us uplifted and start attracting more of that uplifting. And you mentioned gratefulness way at the beginning of the show. And again, that gratitude can be such a powerful place to help turn us around, to take us into that higher vibrational energy that we want to attract. So let me ask you a question. As a spiritual healer, do you believe in karma? I'm not entirely sure. You know, I'm open to the possibility, and I'm open to the possibility that that was something someone said to help us behave better. (laughs) Well, if it works, I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I am very, very open to the possibility that... Now, of course... There are different levels that you could take karma to. There's karma in this lifetime. A lot of people will associate karma with past lives. So you have to be willing to believe that reincarnation is possible, that we live many lifetimes, that we are, in fact, energy that carries on forever. It just changes form. Um, And so people will talk about dealing with karma from a previous life. They they did something bad and they're paying for it now and they've got to get it resolved in this life so that they can move on and be happy. Open to that possibility. Do I believe in um, karma in this life? Like your, your mother said, what goes around comes around? Absolutely. <laughs> if, if you're mean and nasty, somebody's going to be mean and nasty to you at some point. You can count on that. <laughs> That's for sure. So, but as a spiritual healer, what are your what are your guiding guidelines? I mean, what guides you in your path, on your path? Mm. Yeah, what guides me is um, being conscious to what feels good. I'm aware that. If I'm caught up in thinking and beliefs and stories, I will often not feel very good about those thoughts, those beliefs. And if what I think about or consider makes me feel really good, then it's probably something that's more guided from spirit. So letting our emotions be a guide is is something very important. Being peaceful, calm, being present, being willing to listen to that intuition and being open to the possibility that there is higher guidance. Um, Certainly when I'm working with someone one-on-one, I always ask for permission, my higher self, to speak to their higher self. Some people might call it the superconsciousness whatever, Um, just being open to guidance. I I just don't even know really how to describe that. There is an openness that is required and a purity of intent. Intention is very important in the spiritual realm as well. Well, don't you think that just you have to be present in the moment to experience that? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
not possible to be present for someone and thinking about what I have to uh, prepare for dinner tonight. <laughs> That's going to interfere. So, yes, being present is powerful. So, you know, Shen Dao, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that is the way of the heart. And to me, the philosophy of that, I did a little bit of research, is love who you are and what you're doing with your life. And I'm like, really? That's so simple. So talk to me a little bit about that. Simple but not easy. Because <laughs> never is. No. Yeah, right? And and we tend to dismiss what's simple. Oh, there's got to be more to it than that. I don't know. As human beings, we really want to complicate life for some reason. I'm not sure. Our brains, someone told me, are hardwired for complication. But maybe that's why the way of the heart is a simpler way of living. Oh, oh, I just made that connection. That's beautiful. Um, (laughs) Whoa, just got totally sidetracked there. Being... Yeah, being present to the moment allows us to be in our heart. Shin shin is a Japanese word that actually means heart, and Tao is the way. So, hence, the way of the heart. Ah. And the way of the heart is loving yourself, loving who you are, loving your life, and being conscious that if you're not loving your life, then only you, here's the best you can be part, only you can do something to change that waiting for the universe or someone else to make something better for you doesn't really work. Well, <laughs> as much as we'd like it to, we we live in a very instant gratification, quick fix, take a pill, it's better society. But that's not the reality. That's the part that makes it not so easy. It's simple. We make choices to do, be, have what makes us feel good, what what brings us to that peace and love that makes us feel good about who we are and how we're living our lives. Conscious choice guided by the feelings of the heart. Well, when, when you talk about the heart, I think well, then there's got to be a connection to your body. I mean, oh, from... yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely true. Um, it's interesting. I'm I'm a, a member of a board of directors at Unity of Calgary, and one of the last month, the month of March, our talk was wisdom. So I talked about wisdom versus knowledge, and one of the other speakers talked about um, the, the wisdom of the body and how when we listen to our body, it will tell us things as well. Right? It will let us know what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And can be a guide for us. So, so you, the heart is a physical organ for sure that lives, lives in this physical organ we call a body. And it all has energy fields as well. And when I talk about the spirituality, I think it's the connection beyond just the physical pump that's pumping blood through our veins and arteries. But it is that energy field that can transmit this thing that we call love. So, you, you know, you said you, you did a talk on wisdom. 
And it is part of that thought you have to follow the wisdom of your heart? Yes. We, it, it, it was a talk that, that was 20 minutes long. So to give you a nutshell here might be a bit tricky. But basically, knowledge is information that we gather, and wisdom is knowing to, what to do with that information what we can use it for, how we can use it, how we can use it, that information and guide it with love or not. Um, yeah. Well, and, and it is hard it, to take a 20-minute talk, and we've got like three minutes left, and it's hard to really condense it. But it, it, it was there one takeaway from that talk that you'd like to share with everybody? Again, it was that be present and listen. Okay. That's listen. To, yeah. Listen to what's going on in your head. Listen to what's going on in your heart. Listen to that little voice of guidance, your intuition. Listen. Listen to your experience. Listen to. Listen. Well, and, and you make it sound so easy, and I think that for we all want to believe that it is that easy, but if people, you know, want to learn more or want to experience something like the talk that you that you gave, do, the, do those live online, um, or are they evergreen? Is it somewhere somewhere they could reach out and learn more about you or hear some of those talks? Yes, absolutely. So um, we have a website, bestyoucanbe.ca, B-E-S-T, the letter U, C-A-N, the letter B, dot C-A. You've just reminded me that I have to upload that talk. Um, we also have a YouTube channel uh, by that same Best You Can Be. Um, and that's and dot C-A, not dot com, correct? That is correct. It is a .ca. I live in Canada, where it's a Canadian domain. Okay. Um, Unity of Calgary has a YouTube channel, so that Wisdom Talk is there. I need to download it and put it on my own YouTube channel. Um, we have a blog in on our Best You Can Be website. And on the blog, there are a lot of talks with a lot of brilliant people, a lot of um, discussions like you and I are having from my uh, Living from the Heart show there, and those are on audio podcasts, on all the major uh, podcast uh, options like Spotify, and I think you mentioned you found us on Amazon, all under Best You Can Be, B-E-S-T, the letter U, C-A-N, the letter B with no E. That's important. Well, and it's also important because here in the States, we live in the dot-com world. So, you know, I want to reinforce it's dot C-A, not dot-com. Because it's just the American mindset. It's dot-com for sure. Well, you know, I can't, Tina, I can't thank you enough for the time you spent with me today. You've got, you, you know, you certainly left me with the understanding that staying present, focusing on my breath can lead me to the peace and the happiness that we're all looking for. I truly appreciate your time today. 
Thank you, Lee. Thank you. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, 